Hello everybody, my name is Brandon Weatherby. This is you, me, them, everybody. We are at the Whistler. You don't have to do anything. If you want to make noise, feel free to make noise. Charles, I just complimented you and then you made it worse. What is wrong with you? Charles, how is your day going? Oh, it's alright. It's alright, he said it's alright. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, how was your day? Uh, 7. 7? What could get it to a 10? A shot. One shot. A shot, shot of liquor. A shot of liquor. You know you have literally all of the bottles in the bar behind you. <laughs> you could do that at any time. So there, Char Charles, I'd like to point out to you specifically, you could do whatever you want. You're the one running this bar. To one specific woman sitting right there, I'd like to point out that she is not on mic. And for someone that knows how to be on mic, what she just did was very rude. And I just would like to point out that we have a social contract with each other. Where if you're going to be rude, you have to be that person right there. If you still, that's okay. We still, accidents happen. Accidents happen to everyone. Accidents are what 4 a.m. bars are. Now, Charles, have you ever been to a 4 a.m. bar? <laughs> Charles, have you ever been to a 4 a.m. bar? Yeah, at least three times. At least three times in your life you've been to a 4 a.m. bar. Now, there is a 4 a.m. bar around the corner from the bar you used to work called the Underbar. Have you ever been to Underbar, Charles? No. Now, Charles, Underbar features uh, lots of mirrors and lots of frames, which is possibly the greatest decor in a bar that's a 4 a.m. bar. Because when you're there and you're very, very, very drunk, you think, is that me? That is you. That's you. You're drinking at a 4 a.m. bar, and then you're going to go home and watch the knife show. I'll get to the knife show later. Now, two doors down from Underbar, Charles, do you ever know what two doors down from the Underbar was? No. Fantastic. Esmeralda, do you you know the bar two doors. That's correct. Now the is a former cop bar. Is it still a cop bar? It's a still a cop bar. Now here's the thing about Chicago cops. I don't know if you know this. Not necessarily the most progressive fellas in the bar industry because occasionally there'd be skinheads at the Forum bar. But the Chicago PD said, hey. We're cool with these guys. We'll let them stay forever. We're going to go home and watch the night show. Now, when I speak about the night show, by the way, this is the show. This is what you're here to see. This is important. Truth to power. Speaking truth. I'm holding a pen two different ways. Figure that out, people at home. You can't see me. That's how audio podcast works. Anyways, there was a night show on. Do you know what I'm talking about, Esmeralda? Do you know what the night show is? Where they sell the knives. That's correct, Esmeralda, because you and I have been drunk at 4 a.m. together talking about the future. And you know what the future is? Buying 40 knives for $40. Because that is a deal. I don't care where in the world you are. I don't care if you're in the 4 a.m. bar that's good called Underbar. I don't care if you're in the 4 a.m. bar with the skinheads called the You might need the knives bar more than even the 4 a.m. bar, but either way, there's so many knives that you can get for $40. Now, is this a commercial for knives? No. Am I telling you to buy knives? Not necessarily, no. How many knives do you really need? Let's think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Do you need 10 knives? Do you need one knife? Do you need one knife? Do you need 40 knives? I think you need a minimum of 40 small knives with ample pockets. Ample pockets mean something. Now, there's one person in the world who I respect and admire that I don't know personally. Everyone else I know personally. And his name is John Cena. Now, here's why I like John Cena so much. You might know him as a professional wrestler. You might know him as a C and or B character on the hit television shows Total Divas and or Total Bellas. You might know him as the second lead in the upcoming hit film, possibly hit film, Bumblebee. That movie's going to make so much money overseas because people don't care. Anyways, here's why I like John Cena. Ample pockets. Why does John Cena need ample pockets? There's a lot of skinheads in the world and you got to put your 40 knives in your pockets, everybody. This is the show. This is what I've been doing for 10 years. 
10 years of this, I met a four and a half year old last night. It did not involve knives. I met a four and a half year old last night, and I will not reveal his name because I don't want to make the four and a half year old feel embarrassed for what he said. It's not important to throw four and a half year olds under the bus, both figuratively and literally. You need to show each other hustle, loyalty, and respect. That's one of the things John Cena says. Once again, he's got pockets for 40 knives. Okay. I met a four and a half year old last night, and I gotta tell you, the best interaction I've had all year. Here's what happened. First thing I said to him was, take a knee. And he did. And then I took a knee, and we made eye contact. Now, Esmeralda, the wonderful coach on the show, she can attest to this. She will come up on stage later. I tell literally everyone in the world to take a knee. He is the first person that did it without asking why. He just did it. He took a knee, and we made eye contact. And I said, who's your favorite band? Because this four and a half year old has a favorite band. And he said, Kenny Chesney. And I responded to this dumb four and a half year old. That's a person, not a band. Who's your favorite band? And he said, Kenny Chesney. And I said, listen, man, I gotta respect your convictions. Moving forward, why is Kenny Chesney your favorite band? And he goes, because Kenny Chesney is the greatest. That's it, he's just the greatest. And I was expecting to say musician, or person that wears a hat, or guitar player, or singer-songwriter, or country artist. All things as Kenny Chesney is, not a band. But he just said, he's, he's the greatest. They go, why is Kenny Chesney the greatest? And he said, because he's 200 years old and he writes the best songs. And I said, okay. Because I can't refute falsehoods. You can't refute falsehoods because they're inherently false. That's how things work. So I go, how do you know he's 200 years old and writes the greatest songs? And he goes, because he's 200 years old. Once again, we're in a loop here. We're in a loop. This can't go on forever. It just went on for an hour because I am a good intellectual speaker with four and a half year olds. Thank you for being here in this wonderful establishment. I'm like, this is, this is going too far. I don't like Kenny Chesney. He goes, you're the worst. <laughs> And I said, okay, and then I turned him upside down because I am bigger than him. Because I am bigger than him. I am not four and a half years old. I am a 35-year-old adult man debating, intellectually debating a four and a half year old. And I turned him upside down. And then he giggled and then I tickled his tummy. And now I have the upper hand. You know who would turn a person upside down? John Cena. You know why? He's got those baggy shorts, two big cargo pockets, put your 40 knives in there. I did that to a four-and-a-half-year-old. And then his father, a wonderful man, I will not reveal his name. I do know it. I'm not just making this up. I do know his name. His name is Jake. I will not reveal his son's name because he's not of age. This is not a kid show. This is an adult show about pockets and knives and John Cena and four-and-a-half-year-olds. Here we go. Jake says, no, what's my favorite band? And he said, Pearl Jam. And I go, Pearl Jam is great. And now, listen, people in the Whistler, people in Chicago, Illinois, people will see at home. If you think Pearl Jam sucks, I just want you to know you're on the wrong side of history, and we'll go through that in a minute. Okay. So I just said to the four and a half year old, you know what? Your dad is right. You should listen to your dad. Pearl Jam is better than Kenny Chesney. And he yelled at me into my fucking face, and he said, Pearl Jam is the worst. <laughs> And I said, why? And he goes, Kenny Chesney's 200 years old. And that's a strong argument. It's not true. That's a strong argument. So I'm going to take another knee. And he did not want to do it, so I flipped him upside down again. And I tickled his tongue again. And then I said, Pearl Jam is the best. He goes, Pearl Jam is the worst. 
And I go, Kenny Chesney's the best. And he goes, Kenny Chesney's the best. And I go, Pearl Jam's the best. He goes, Pearl Jam's the best. And I go, you're the best. And then he says to me, you're the best. And I go, that's it, we're done. I'm the best, and Pearl Jam is the best. And I just won the argument. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you debate with people in your family that you do not respect at the holidays. It doesn't matter if they're a Trump supporter and they want the wall. That's what you go. You go, Pearl Jam is the best. Kenny Chesney is the best. Pearl Jam is the best. And then you flip upside down your elderly parent that you don't really like. You take less time. And then they go, no, you're the best, and Pearl Jam is the best. And then they get it. And then with hustle, loyalty, and respect, you buy them 40 knives like John Cena would do. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how you make your holidays better. This is an infomercial for knives. Thank you for coming. You meet them, everybody. 10 years of knives. 2019 is all knives. Coming to the stage with a woman that does not respect John Cena or knives, and it's really disheartening. Esmeralda, how are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I met a four and a half year old last night. Right. It was a lot of fun. I, you know what? I don't mind John Cena. You don't? Do you know who John Cena is? Or knives. I think you need, I mean, knives are, are good. Knives are good. Controversial statement from Esmeralda. <laughs> knives are good. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, we're recording this the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Right. Okay. Yeah. So everyone tell their Thanksgiving horror stories. No, it was terrible. Why was it terrible? I um I hid in my room as people came over. Okay. Now, do you want? Because I don't want to talk to anyone. Do you want to reveal your age or no? Oh, I'm 35. You're 35 years old and you yes. hid in your room. And it wasn't my room. It was the room that I used to live in. That is now the former shell of my room. It has nothing uh, other than a Davy Jones t-shirt hanging like, that could tell that it was my room before. And for the people who at home, you might think of Davy Jones as Davy Jones' locker. You're referring to David, <laughs> David Jones. Yes, Davy Jones of the, the Monkees. The singer of the Monkees. Yeah, One of the singers of the Monkees. Yeah, I saw him once at a, at a community college theater. I cried like a little girl. Wait. Amongst the middle-aged women who are also wearing their bras. Yeah, okay, you're not 60. Yeah, no. What, what about you? You know what? There was something about him. Do you think about you that like, little man? Yeah, do you think you like uh, Davy Jones because you're a little woman? Maybe. You, you I mean, I don't mind. I do. He is my height. Yeah, he was exactly. my height. Yeah, he's Rest dead. He's a dead man. Yes, he's dead. Like the dead man's locker, Davy Jones. Davy right. Jones is now... Dead. 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 Still a fame, though. Yeah. Good for you. Come on. Why not? Well, because he's dead. I don't like any dead people. I'm just trying to strict line in the sand. No dead people. By the way, I did, just to confirm with the four-year-old, I did read in the People magazine profile of Kenny Chesney. He is 200 years old. <laughs> I'm just like, you know. callback. <laughs> Do you know why he thought he was too, I don't know why he thinks he was too, uh, Why does he think he's 200 years old? Earlier in the day, he saw dinosaur poop. Okay, what? He saw dinosaur poop at a museum. Well, oh, I was gonna say, why are you saying that so nonchalantly? For a second, I thought you meant like on the street. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. oh my god! Yes, yes, yes this doesn't exist. But, <laughs> so he saw dinosaur poop at a museum, and somebody said, I think the dinosaur poop was like 20,000 years old, and he <gasps> made him think it was 200 years old, mm. which we all know is the age of Kenny Chesney. Right. That's so why. then, wait, but did, did he say anything about you in terms of age? Uh, no, he did not mention my age. Because usually, you know, if you tell him you're 35, you'd be like, oh my god, you're an ancient man. No, because we all know Kenny Chesney's older and the, right. and the greatest man. So he's yeah, but older. he's, but Kenny Chesney is forever young. No, he's not. He's not aging well whatsoever. <laughs> now, he's not. Google Kenny, Google him and search Kenny Chesney. Not aging well. Um, uh, not aging super poorly, okay. but like, not well. Anyways. Is it hiding under the hat? It's not really. Is that what it is now? Right. I'm going to say Kenny Chesney is living life to the fullest. You know what I mean? Like, he, we might find him at...
which we've established is the bad Forian bar with the Nazis and the cops in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I once, just a side note, I once was at the there was a stripper there for someone's birthday, and then she came around topless and just hung out with everyone. It was kind of, kind of nice. Here's that's okay. That's a nice thing. I was like, oh. Here's cool. the thing. Have you been to a strip club? Uh, once. Boy girl or boy girl boy girl. <laughs> was it a boy girl? Was it a girl girl? Or was it a girl boy? Was it a, what kind of strip club was it? Who was, uh, was it? Mo, was it mostly male strippers or mostly female strippers? Was no. Are those, do those actually exist? Like I, males? Let's strip figure clubs? this out. Like in that movie? Like what are you talking about? Just a strip, like good old like, strip club. Was it women good dancing? Good old lady strip dancing? club. So was women dancing? Yes. Okay. It was yeah. amateur night. Why were I you? I wasn't there. Okay. The, I wasn't were you there. there to support a friend? Why no, I was there. I was actually working at the. Oh God. Uh, I was working at the Loop. Uh, there we go. Uh, rest in peace. So W, let me write this down, yes. W-L-U-P, The Loop. Yes, 97.9 FM. Progressive radio station. Good job, yes. Okay. They, so, uh, they had an amateur night with Al Roker Jr. Like oh, wait, the, no, wait, wait, this is what? Q101, never mind, because I was doing promotions for both. So. Okay, either way, this is depressing already. Let's continue. So you were at the strip club for right. your job. So, no, no, it was a thing of, like, you would volunteer, and I was like, yeah, why not? I like how they had you volunteer. Yeah, because they didn't want to, like, send... You know, they, they were thinking you. of people that didn't, maybe they felt uncomfortable. They, they should feel everywhere. uncomfortable. Whatever. Okay, fair enough. Great reaction. Now, why, how was the Do strip- Do what you want. Well, we're going to get to that in a second. Now, how was the strip club experience for you as Morella? There was, uh, actually there was one girl who tried to pull my shirt up and I'm like, I am at work. <laughs> to be fair, so were they. So Right, so. true. But I was, my job does not... Uh, that does that's Understood. the thing of it. Did you enjoy your time? Which strip club was it? Was it the Ed? Oh no, 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 it was in the Burbs. Was it the Burbs? So it was they did not serve alcohol. But they had plenty of mixers that cost like twenty dollars. Okay. I'm assuming it was called like Secrets or something like that. Yeah, it was it was something in the Burbs. Okay. I remember. Fine. It was amateur night and it was quite it was nice. It was good nice. Them. Okay, here's the thing. I've never been to a strip club. Right. Really? Yes. You should go. Why? Just, you know. Give me one reason to go. Number just one. Cause. No, here's why. Here's what just cause is never a good answer for anything to me. Alright. Here's here's why. If it was there are boys on one floor and girls on the other, I'd feel better. I think you should open that. Now, my friend wanted open to do this, club. and he, he wanted to call it Tops and Bottoms. Oh, yes! Although people, I think, would think it was a gay bar. And it would be a gay bar as well. Yeah. Because every strip club is also a gay bar. You just don't right. know. Right. No, 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 yeah. But I would think people would just say, no, they would write But it, it would be clear which is on which floor. Oh. So the answer, so the really. So you would waste time going upstairs. It's not wasting time. Down. It's appreciating other bodies. I can't acquire the body of a stripper, regardless of gender. I'm not willing to put in the effort. Or eat that much to qualify as another type of specific kink. You know what I mean? I'm just oh, middle born. Yeah. You know what I mean? So here's why I like the idea of tops and bottoms. Uh-huh. It's a giant question mark, and everyone's cool with each other. And you don't have that weird experience where Al Roker Jr. is at the Q101 sponsored <laughs> strip club event in the suburbs of Chicago. He was a very nice, he was a nice dude. There was a really drunk guy who like tried to lift up my skirt, which I was like, excuse me. Okay, and so they, they, they just like grabbed him by the neck and like I know three things about your circle experience. Somebody tried to lift your shirt up, somebody tried to go up your skirt, and they had to take a man out by his neck. And you said, right. it was a fun experience. You it should was, go. You know what? The, the fact that they, they pulled him out and got rid of him was 
Thank you very much. Wouldn't it have been better if that it. just didn't happen? Yeah, but you know what? I'm not going to judge the strip club on just the one guy. I am going to. All right. It's well, a vetting everyone process. Everyone else didn't pull up That's the That's why I judge no. the Forium bar that lets the neo-Nazis and the cops in at the same time. I mean, that's a bit of an issue. It's come up. Yeah. Anyways, this is the show. Um, and you know Krabby Kim's doesn't exist either? Krabby Kim's is also, was on Western Avenue. Krabby Kim's it's gone now. featured the employees of the Admiral when they weren't dancing at the Admiral. Yeah, they wore bikini tops. They wore bikini tops, which has always been confusing to me because I don't think the Admiral is all nude because it's in Chicago proper. No, no, they got to cover their nipples. Exactly. So it's like, how is this any different? Yeah, that's why it worked. All right, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Is there a Green Day in 2018? Like, I know Green Day exists, but this Yeah, came, I was gonna say, Green this, Day. This came up. Could you think of a band that had a really popular album? Like, okay, so Dookie comes out, it's a huge thing, it satisfies a certain style of music, and certain kids like it, and it's important, kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they play arenas, and they still play arenas. And then, kind of in the middle aughts, there would be like My Chemical Romance or Fall Out Boy. Right. Who's the 2018 or like this decade's version of that? I can't. I couldn't think of one. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I. I don't yeah, that's a horrible. I'm trying. To, I know. I'm gonna go to that old trope. I'm, I'm old. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about that. I'm trying to figure out a good way to bring up a first guest, and this is clearly not working. I was gonna say you probably should have asked that four-year-old. Penny Chesney. Penny Chesney is 200. He's 200. He's 200. We already know that. I should have taken all the stuff out of my pockets. I would have bloated. Do you feel bloated? I feel literally, I feel horrible. Because of the Thanksgiving? Yeah, I think because of Thanksgiving. Drink some water. Horrible. Drink too much water. Drink some water, take a probiotic. You'll get probiotic. I can eat some Pedialyte and then go to the 4 a.m. bar and then order some knives. Have you ever ordered anything on TV? Uh, oh, um, I once ordered, well, I convinced my mother to to give me her credit card to order uh, this cleaner. It was a pink goo that was, it cleaned, so you know how, you sound so dumb. So you know how, um, Do you know your, what I just talked about? Yeah, but yeah, this is really bad. You know how your backyard uh, chairs, your outside chairs, get that weird, just dingy look? Yeah, dirt. Yeah, no, but then you scrub it and it doesn't come off. Yeah, like, what's going on? You gotta use more water. You scrub till the day is over and it won't come off. You scrub the next day. <laughs> it won't come off, but with this pink, in the commercial, it did. Okay. So I convinced my mother to buy some. It was a tub okay. of this cleaner, uh, quick and bright. Yes. Quick and bright. Quick and bright. And I convinced her to buy it, and then we got caught up because then they put us on some monthly thing, and then we got charged. So what you're saying is you got caught up in a pyramid scheme. No, I mean, no, that's what they all do. They all have those memberships. No, because when I go to Amazon, they don't just keep sending me stuff. No, 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 but if you buy something, like, as seen on TV. Yeah. Yeah. They'll keep sending you? They'll, they'll, they have those memberships. That's a good segue to bring up our first guest. Okay. (laughs) You asked. Now, when I think of the band Green Day, I think of the mid-90s. And when I think of the mid-90s, I think of uh, the band Nirvana. And when I think of the band Nirvana... That's right. That's an important band that featured a very tall man on bass named Chris that spelled it three different ways. Anyways, when I think of the band Nirvana, I think of the band Silverchair, because Silverchair was like Australia's Nirvana. Now, everyone knows Frog Stomp, the first Silverchair record. Everyone knows that. But not a lot of people know the second Silverchair record. Now, what's the second Silverchair record? Freak Show. Freak Show. Freak Show. Freak Show. Our first guest this evening... 
has a real name. It's a real name. He's also got a show name, a show tag, some might say. John Zenas is hustle, loyalty, respect. This man is the gentleman freak. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Tom Britton, everybody. Tom, thank you. Silver Chair is the reason you're on the show this evening. So I would like to point out to the listener at home, Tom is actually dressed very nicely. Tom, thank you for dressing like a real man. Well, thank you. I put in effort. You actually do put in effort. Now, is, your suit looks like it fits better than mine. Oh, you don't got you don't got the, the, the handkerchief. That's right. You're not in a your pocket. Uh, where do you get your suits? Christine, where do I get my suits? I know the tailors in Rogers Park. Tanya, give her a call. Oh, I like where it. does the suit come from? Online, the internet. The internet. Okay, fantastic. So you have a tailor in Rogers Park. Yes. How long did it take to find the right tailor? This is an important question. It's a lifetime journey. Uh, I'm a clothes guy. Yes. So you'll never see me in a t-shirt, on one pair of denim jeans, and therefore basically loading into a theater. And I throw them away every few months. Because I'm painting sets, usually they get ripped, so they're, they're sure, very disposable. Sure. There's no reason I'm more than two pair. I'm over 30. Um, you should get painter's uh, pants. What's that? Painter's pants. I thought about it. The jeans are nice when you're crawling through. So think like the kind of uh, uh, amateur plumbing, amateur electrician, amateur. Right. And amateurs of the stress here, so yeah. a lot of the safety precautions. So I want a little more protecting me, you know, a little more so something that you know, Sure. Okay. Mail. Okay. You know? So suits, suits, internet. Most importantly, is the tailor. I feel like the tailor is the most important aspect. I agree. Really close. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So, do, what are your measurements? You want to go through those really quick? Uh, Forty-four regular. <laughs> Forty-four regular. That's, so you could buy off the rack. I absolutely can. That's a luxury. Right. Not every person I'm has that. Just this far below a tall. That's good. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. So you pretty much have no problems. What about sh sh shoes? What size? Well, shoes? Ten and a half. Ten and a half. I'm very envious of you. Very easy. I'm size fourteen. Yeah. You know who else has big shoes? Who's that? John Cena. Do you, know, do you know who John Cena is? I only know him from internet memes. Oh, that's professional good. wrestling is my guess. That's right. He's okay. our future president. He's from Brooklyn, Massachusetts. Where are you from, Tom? Uh, right outside New Orleans, New Orleans, Louisiana. Not to be a dick, why the hell are you in Chicago if you're from right outside New Orleans? <laughs> you're feel a dick. Katrina. That's a good reason. The answer was Katrina. The fuck away, so I can't hear. Now, for the people that are listening at home, would you say, uh, why do you deny the climate? Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> Katrina is a good reason to move somewhere. I'm sorry that that happened. That's okay. It's not okay. The good news is, with 15 years, 14 years in Chicago, it's a wonderful... I feel like, oh, we can move back by now. <laughs> we, we yeah, I think it's plenty of drag. We certainly live in Biloxi. Uh, so no, at this point, it's absolutely a choice. I, I love it here. I'm also a theater performer, and there wasn't any of that back home. Would you live in Biloxi regardless of if Katrina happened? Never. Exactly. So why are you bringing that up? Oh, I'm saying uh, it was rebuilt within months. Well, yeah, yeah. that's different. Yeah. Sure. Could, but New Orleans is good. Yeah. And Biloxi is not so good. Yeah. Well, it's plastic. I'm a bigot, is gamble, what I'm saying. If you gamble or drink, then any casino, the interior is the same. You might as well be on Mars or Vegas or Biloxi, right? Now, wait a minute. You said that there is, that what you do, there is none of that. So why were you even there? Well, I didn't know. Uh, that's where I was born, unfortunately. Huh? This is how almost every performer starts. I was unfortunately born in a shithole. So to quote Kids in the Hall, I moved to the biggest city I could find, the smallest apartment I could find, and started trying to find a place for people like me. Um, so I didn't know. I was a street performer. In the, in the French Quarter in Jackson Square, mm -hmm. and then I would rent uh, places about this size that have cabarets there. There's a very uh, like uh, a cabaret scene sure, you know, sure. in New Orleans. I would rent this place. I'd charge three or four or five bucks at the door, and I would do essentially my street show in a better outfit. Okay. Uh, that's about it. Um, 
and I had no idea that another league existed. You know, you, you live in that sort of bubble. Uh, the, the bubble you're in is the freak show bubble, but... Oh, uh, no, uh, impoverished South. Impoverished South. <laughs> impoverished South. That's a very big bubble. It's a huge bubble. And unfortunately, also folks. So, yeah. Now that you're in the North, yep. what bubble are you in now? Well, I'm in the liberal bubble, solidly, yeah. When I go back home, yeah. I discover how very different my reality is. But what you yeah. do seems to cross party line. That's my intent, so that's, okay. that's just me putting my hobbies together. Okay. Uh, so I cross from theater. Yes. No, I bring the freak show into the theater. Okay. I start with Spalding Gray, if you're into theater, if you're a theater nerd, you know who this is. But rather than tell the story of my alcoholic mother who committed suicide, myself wrestling with these demons, or buying a house or writing a book as he does in his stories, watching him on stage, literally videos later on, I was a little, he's a little, little bit before my time, not much. Um, I thought, oh, wait, I have an interesting story also. I started at 16 on the Freak Show. A dwarf taught me how to eat fire. A deaf gentleman taught me how to swallow swords. This sounds like a Mamet play or a really weird Tim Burton film already. Uh, maybe I should do that as a, a, a half-hour monologue was the initial goal of Church and Hotel. I wrote the whole thing. It ended up being about an hour long by the time I was done, going through various phases of the science and history of these things. Yes. Everything in the freak show is just a science center demo, so uh, fire eating is often mistaken for a magic trick. It's not. I don't know a damn magic trick. I really don't. I like them. I just can't show you a card trick, right? Um, it's a physics demonstration on part of the bed of nails. And so is sword swallowing, so is the electric chair, so is glass walking, so is walking a ladder of swords. I can explain all of it to you and not ruin the trick. I can also juggle chainsaws and knives. If you need me to explain that to you, it doesn't ruin the trick. You know, how did you learn, et cetera. Um, I had the whole thing written with no performance in it at all, just sitting at a table like Spalding Gray and delivering my monologue of my story with jokes, etc. And I thought, I've got this great video of these performers who are no longer with us. I could convert it at the time from VHS to something, maybe DVD, not quite Blu-ray, 2003 we're talking about here. And my friend goes, wait, don't you just eat fire? Why don't you just do it? I literally hadn't thought of that. It's so mundane to me. Everyone I know eats fire. My wife eats fire, my dog eats fire, my mom eats fire, everyone eats fire. It's so common. It didn't occur to me, who might like to see it? Yes. Why? So I had to rewrite the show. So if you're going to see it now, you, now it makes sense. If you ever see it, right. you're like, oh, that's why he does four tricks in an hour and a half. Is because I wasn't writing to the stunt. I was sure. writing to the story, and I'll get to it. And so yeah, it's a very weird show. How often do you go through socks if you're walking on glass? <laughs> <laughs> More often than you think. So one fun thing with blocking is that uh, I don't wear shoes on stage because I'm just going to have to take them off for, for uh, the Tesla coil that I do as a box. I stand on top of it. Mm -hmm. And it's a piece from Nikola Tesla's show. Nikola Tesla did a touring show as a marketing pitch. But if you're barefoot on this metal plate, DC current gets run through your body, you can light light bulbs with your bare hands, torches with your fingers, and I would think called reverse fire eating where I light a torch off of my face. Mm -hmm. It's a, a piece from Tesla's show. But you know, the barefoot's better because we're already, fortunately, terrible conductors of electricity, being made of mostly wheat and water and not, say, gold or copper. Most of us. Um, so I just don't bother wearing shoes at this point and I'll just wear black socks. So actually, you're quite so I'm walking around backstage in socks. So probably at three times the rate of a normal person, that's just a costuming choice. Hey, a choice is a choice, more importantly. Yeah. I would just like to point out that I actually know why I would ask a sock question, because I'm a very intelligent man yeah, and understand right. knives and pockets. What do you think of the movie The Prestige? Which one was that? There were two, and I'm not a That's the Christopher Nolan one that's, that features David Bowie as well. Okay, that's the Tesla that's the one. Tesla. That's the Tesla one. I think I've seen that one. So my uh, so I toured with a variety show. There was a juggler, a magician, and myself. 
So the day these came out, they came out within the same month, these two movies, uh, we went and saw the wrong one. We saw the bad wrong one. What's the one with Ed Norton? That's the wrong one. Um, what do you mean? That's the Maybe great one. Maybe was exciting, but I was just like bored. Do you realize so, that the majority of your stories sound like the start of a, the setup of a joke? They do. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, would it be easier to conduct electricity if you had like a fake knee with like metal in it or like you a conduct lot of like control? Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's your uh, so. One fun thing, so I have a Tesla quote, it's just an ATA case with a, a couple of um, what's called a violet wand, it's a Tesla invention, it's a couple of Tesla coils running a series, runs up to a metal plate, you stand on top of it, fun things happen. Now if you leave it backstage, and you do variety performances, the burlesque performers or the comedians will put their phone on it because they think it's a table, and then they pick up a brick about tw- 10 minutes later. And then they're their very phone mad is with you. bricked. So I've had to make a sign to put on the table for backstage, and it's the longest little uh, laminated thing. You'll see them like pick it up and go, oh, and put it down and pick up their phone very quick. Has anyone been very, very upset with you? Because no, I mean, uh, you've cost them thousands of dollars. If you're going to be in theater, don't touch a prop. If you walk backstage, there's a piece of chewed gum on the table. Presume that's for a sketch. They worked super hard on the chewed gum joke, and they're going to come running backstage in a minute and go, where is it? Where is it? I have three seconds. And if you can't learn that, then get out of theater. Is your actual name the name you go by? Yes, Tom well, Thomas Ridley Jr. But yeah. And it's with an H? Well, it's Thomas. So it's with an H? Yes. It's a good, fake, Thanks. real name. Thank you. I have a good, fake, real name. Are you worried about losing your hair? Because I think what you do, your hair is very important. I'm 45. If we're going to say all that shit, what's You're 45. 45. Is that? I think it's, uh, All right, so you clearly. I think this is gonna get fat. Do you think it's because of that Tesla coil you stand on? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I tell you a very performer thing. So I have a friend who's here's a joke for you. A hypnotist. Uh, Benny's Casino. One of my ex partners, uh, Kevin Lapine. We were hypnotist show together. Plays at Benny's Casino. I go to his wedding two years ago. We haven't seen each other in three years. And I've got this. If you don't feel the podcast, I've got this weird gray streak in the middle of my hair. At the time, it was a bit more pronounced. Okay. Like in the <laughs> Only a performer responds this way. He goes, "Hey, is that a?" Is that natural? I go, yeah, yeah, he goes, congratulations. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Only another visual point, you lucky son of a bitch. Yeah, uh, you know what Rogue is from the X-Men? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. It's like a Rogue yeah. streak. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm imagining if I ever shaved my head, there's a birthmark under there that I just didn't know about. You should Because it wasn't there until it started going gray. Yeah, you yeah. should shave your head. <laughs> that means something else in 2018. That's true. You can go to that Florian bar with the cops there. <laughs> do you like Chicago? I do, I really do. Yeah. Is this a good city for what you do? I think it's a good city for anything in the arts in general compared to what's am I going to live? My French and Spanish no are idea. not good enough to perform not in English. Okay. So I'm limited to what? Stockholm, downtown Berlin, most of Great Britain, London, Ontario, uh, what, sorry, uh, uh, Ontario, what? Are you going to name every major English-speaking oh, city? Yes, that's what I'm saying. There's only seven. You say every major, what, there's more than what, seven, eight? Where are you going to live? There's like 30, 40, Brisbane. Brisbane, how about the population of Brisbane? I mean, they, they would laugh at you for that. Sydney. Sydney, maybe, but then where do you tour? Uh, so, see what I mean? You're restricted, you know? Cruise ships. That's Toronto. Juneau. Juneau. Have you been to Alaska? Do you think I've been to Alaska? You been to Alaska? <laughs> do you, have you been to Alaska? Yes. Why? Why are you in Alaska? Uh, on a cruise ship. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, Did you get off the cruise ship? Yes, into what's called Alaska Town. It's not, I don't like cruise ships. Isn't it like the. the the, all the vice in the U.S. just happens to be in Juneau. Like, it all ends up there. And it's real expensive. Like, the actual Wild West. Yeah. And there's not a lot of plumbing. 
True. Oh. Yeah, they do. What's the bucket called? They got a name for that. Honey bucket? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think they're right. Yeah. I like that their idea of making it sound better than shitting in a bucket is let's make it sound nice. <laughs> let's make it sound edible. Yeah, let's like, make no. it sound like the kids are going to want to eat from the honey bucket. <laughs> Why don't they just make a toilet made of snow? Yeah, they should. No? That'd be, that's fun. Is that ever pause? That's well, a good plan. It wouldn't, right? It's so your cold stuff there is, all the time. Your stuff is based in science. Yeah, your science and a lot of history, depending on which is more interesting. Do you feel like this is a really bad time for science and history? History, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Chinese curse have made you live in interesting times. Well, is that really like a thing, a Chinese curse? Are you, are you just a bigot? No, I think Sorry. it's a thing everybody heard on the back of a box somewhere and we're like this what wait, curse. what oh okay uh like laughing taffy or something um it's just what's that you watch some q line it's a british show no i don't uh, just look at youtube Should I? essentially what they do is everything you know is wrong like how many moons does oh, the earth have yeah, yeah. and you go one and no that's not correct it depends on how you define a moon so, so every question sorry everything now that i think i know I'm just started questioning okay like well surely that's not actual like the same way your friend has like they think it says like the spirit wind and kanji as a tattoo and it says like number three with fried rice because the guy trolled them at the tattoo parlor. Sure. That's what I assume is happening when they go and collect all these things. Sure. In China. Uh, for science, yeah, I mean, it, it could be it could be better. But <laughs> That's an easy better. way to just brush that off. But the good news is there are other countries, and they're not all insane right now. So, Name one. Well, where's CERN right now? It could have been in Texas. But instead, CERN's in South America, the, uh, the Hedron Collider, right? right? Uh, so we, we could have it here, but we don't. Uh, so it went to another place. So the scientists just do what they did here. Where did Einstein come from? Not Nebraska. He came from Germany. Yeah. He fled a situation. Yes. So now they fought flee a lesser, but if they go, you know what? If I want to work in physics, I'll go to Stockholm. Can we agree that that's bad? For us, yes. Okay, for Einstein, part. it wouldn't matter. Yes, for I And for the world at large, it didn't matter. As long as he has a place with which to perform his experiment, it's only our hometown pride that's hurt. The cure for polio didn't have to be done here. It would have gotten here. Yes, but now polio's on the uprise because people don't believe in science. Whole other issue. Yeah. So it yeah. still matters. Which is the thing. I just did a TEDx talk in Oshkosh. Yeah. The subject of my talk was trying to make science a little sexier because everyone loves the iPhone and, you know, not dying of the plague. But maybe we could shoot up the rest of it and get that kind of trust um, and, and sort of make it uh, sort of a, I don't know, you try and get the public on your side first. Sure. And you do that by making it approachable. And I'm afraid that, that the straight-ahead stuff like, hey, but this thing flies, that thing floats, that thing explodes, this stops you from dying. We've covered that, so now it's iterative, and it's a little harder to explain. Trying to explain the Large Hadron Collider to someone and yeah. why we even need it is, is a task. You know, I don't disagree. If the scientists struggle with themselves, what's called outreach. So I think it starts with um, the good news. It starts with a lower level than the government okay. and bubbles up through voting. But we're getting, we get the government we yes. ask for, we get the funding we ask for. We're not asking for it. I live in D.C. the Chicago. She lives in Chicago. The, the answer is not voting. Every, okay. Everyone and everywhere you hang out, 92% votes one way. Voting doesn't mean a goddamn thing for where we live. That's fair. That's why you need to have 49s on you at all times. So whenever you walk around this great country of ours and show people who's fucking boss. I'm, on, I'm walking on glass. Come at me, bro. I got all my knives in my pockets. And he'll juggle them, too. Now, how long did it take to learn how to juggle chainsaws? Oh, iterative. Here's the problem. So it's the same thing with uh, how long did it take to learn to ride a unicycle. I was how long did it take to learn to ride a unicycle? In my memory, it took like a movie. Like there was Rocky music playing, and there was a, you know what I mean? So like montage. 90 minutes. It's what it feels like. I'm sure it was two or three weeks to get to get proficient. And then what happens is, maybe this happens more with, uh, I'm going to list the seven, and the next three in a row are all guys. 
something that my house was a real bro culture mm. growing up, or a little mini frat happening. So you juggle balls, and of course one of my brothers goes, well, so I gotta do sticks, and I gotta go buy the juggling gloves. As soon as you get proficient with juggling gloves, my other brother goes, well, so I gotta do knives. I saw Glenn Carson doing uh, torches. I saw a guy doing chainsaws. So by the time I'm 15, 16, I'm juggling these things, and it's, in my mind, it was a summer. But it can't have been. It just, it's simply, that must just be an incorrect memory of a middle-aged guy. But so you were like 18 before you learned how to do well, this? Well, I was performing on a high wire, on a unicycle, juggling torches. I was 17 or 18, so my mom had to sign the waiver. So I was not 18 yet. I think I turned 18 during that tour. When was the last time you were on stage juggling a thing or putting yourself in danger and thought, why am I doing this? Oh, never. No, if you'd asked me at nine years old, what do I want to do now? This is it. This is absolutely You never right. thought that? Never. Okay. Like it's no, it's absolutely uh, that's lovely. Yeah. Now, wait, what do you use as a replacement before you start torches? Like, oh, so are you using like until you're very, very, very good? You'll see, you find the right. martial arts before someone's going to let you break a board, yeah. you are overqualified to break the board. So, wait, but what are you using in place of said torches? Oh, just don't like them. Really? Yeah, just, just until you're very, torches. very, very good at it. Until you feel, you'll know it, you feel confident. What about chainsaws? A very similar thing, so go over a mattress, because now you're dealing with props that cost a couple hundred bucks each, so you're juggling a correct Yeah, that's the problem. So that's going to be the problem there, is I can't just run to the shed and get another chainsaw off the old rack. on chainsaws that will... And they don't bounce on like torches and balls and clubs and everything else I've been juggling. Or even the knives, if they don't fall exactly the wrong way, won't be damaged in the fall, mm -hmm. right? So just juggle on dirt with knives, you'll be fine. Uh, with the chainsaws, you want to have some sort of Safety, but ironically, the safety is for the chainsaw, not for me. I'm not worried about cutting me. I'm worried about wasting my three hundred dollars at you know 17, 18 years old, and that's you know a lot more money than. How many can you juggle? Oh no, I'm barely proficient with with five balls. So I do three objects. I could maybe do four, but for me again, it starts with the writing. So mm -hmm. the, once you get into four and five, I'm only impressing jugglers. Right. It, it's like doing meta comedy. Is the room full of comedians? Then no. I want to, you know, so so it's more right for the jokes, and then put the props, and right for the story, right for the history, right for the story, whatever I'm doing in that moment, and then go to the wall of props and go, now what fits best this narrative tale, or whatever, what fits best this, maybe it is fire, so I want to do it for TV, where it's got to be three seconds and stupid. So, okay, you breathe fire behind me, you explode something in front of me, and I'll juggle torches and make dick jokes in the middle. You know, you've done it, done it, done yeah. it, done it, done it, done it, right? So you write for your audience. When was the last time you were fearful? Oh, all the time. I'll get nervous before I go on stage. I do a 90-minute show. It's sure. 10,838 words on my script. Um, do you vary from it? Do you have time? Do you? Yeah, not. No. Yeah, it's very, very fun because it's written from the stage. A lot of it's written from the stage. Yeah, yeah. So there's moments that were improvised. Sure. The stage of the show. And so when you come back the third time, you're like, I thought he was just making that up. In the and so it's it's uh, not much uh, okay. because that's where you're going to get uh, danger. Danger sure. come from var var variation. My offstage tech team yes. around me need to know when I'm actually hurt and when I'm pretending it's dangerous and when I'm when it is dangerous, blah blah blah. They don't need to be buying the script yeah. and second guessing themselves. When's the last time you were actually hurt? I've never been seriously into doing what I do. I got, really? got cuts and scars because I was also a, a group third generation chef, so I grew up in kitchens. Okay, yeah, let's go so to the chef part. Cuts, yeah. You were working with Rick Bayless for a minute. I was, yeah, that was my first job here in Chicago. Was Rick Bayless said uh, he was opening a bunch of, well, he's got them now, but those little sandwich shops that are all over the place. And, yeah. Okay, so that was a brand new idea. If you remember eight, nine years ago, uh, you'd go to, if you ever did this, 
go from one airport to another to be called Rick's Tortoise here and it'd be called Bayless Express here and it'd be called something else here. Yeah. That was the phase I was in where they were really, let's throw it all against the wall and see what sticks. I believe now it's kind of settled down. Sure. Um, but that's how you make money because the fine dining restaurants don't make a ton of cash. So you were, you've been trained to do, where's your school? Uh, La Corombo. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the cook one. That's the cook one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're for Rick Bayless who people know. Yeah, yeah, and Susan Spicer, who you don't but should in New Orleans, who in my opinion is the finest chef on planet Earth. She's so, amazing. So that seems a lot more reasonable and safe in a way than what you do now. Can be. Um, do you miss it's that? Still restaurant? a high flying profession, though. Don't disagree. You know what I mean? A lot of restaurants close, a lot of people do not win a James Beard Award, a lot of people fail the Michelin test. We understand that. So, but you work for people that did not fail. True, true. That doesn't guarantee me any sort of success. Fair enough. Or even a much more than a shitty paycheck. That's fair. Yeah, and like everyone below that line is not making a ton of money either. Understood. What's e is it easy to be insured? Do people do? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, no problems with that? 10,000 euro art forms. The actual tables are pretty solid. And I was telling them tonight, I brought my firing equipment here. I said, what if you could do it? I go, well, if I burn it down, I'll buy you a new one. I've got three million insurance. But also, this is what burns down theaters. Or, or is, is Candles. Candles. No one's watching. No one's paying attention. Where are we doing Romeo and Juliet? We're here while the candles behind us light this thing on fire. Right. When I'm doing fire eating, that is the torch, and every single human being in this room is watching this yeah, yeah, yeah. space, you know? So that's a danger that I've looked in that direction in minutes now. That's your danger with flame, is the flame you're not paying attention to, and the same thing if you're gonna trip over something, you trip because you weren't looking, sure. or you couldn't see it. Sure. Yeah. Do you find joy in what you do? Yes, that's absolutely. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. When is the last time you were sad? It's frustration. It's, it's ambition. Okay. And I'm very ambitious. What's the ideal so, platform for what you do? Theaters. 100%. Okay. Yeah, live. It's got to be live. You got to be able to smell the fire. If, if you're sitting in the front row of the theater, so you're good ten feet away. Yeah. When I light that torch, you feel heat on your face, and then you start doing the math exponentially as you get closer. And you go, well, then now this makes no sense. And then when I explain it, then the science meets a primitive. So your high mind meets your low mind. The caveman is introduced to Carl Sagan. And that's the dynamic I want. I want that tension. It's almost the opposite of cognitive dissonance. It's a leaning towards knowledge instead of a recoil from new information. Sure. Uh, so I, I argue, then again, I'm not a filmmaker. I grew up a theater guy. Uh -huh. Maybe if I were a director, maybe if I'd grown up in a TV studio or even really loved television and film, maybe I'd find a way to do it. You're a theater person through and through, though. That's what I go see. I like live. Well, if not theater, comedy. If not comedy, a band. Okay. I want to be in the room with the person. Uh, it's okay to watch it on Netflix. Had I had the option to see Spalding Great Live, that would have, of course, okay. been the option a thousand percent. So maybe because I swam in those waters, I only know to write for that. Ricky J passed away today. Yeah, yeah. Does he relate to what you do in any way? Yeah, I was talking to Esmeralda. I've got a couple of his books. Mm -hmm. So his writing does. Okay. So if you don't know, Ricky, Ricky J was an amazing magician. And according to the magicians I know, one of the greatest sleight of hand artists. Now, unfortunately, that, that looks very much to, to me as fire he would look to you. Did he go out? Cool, you're the best. Uh, but according to what I know who knows the something that our form, he was the greatest. Yeah. Our Venn diagram is this though, in the late 1800s, so this is a big era of magicians that he's a huge fan of. You're Houdini's, but also Harry Keller's, and Tony I've never heard of. Also, everyone who's in the freak show now would have been a vaudeville performer back then. He wrote a book called Learned Pigs and Fireproof Women. I found it because my favorite fire readers are detailed in there and the stunts they sort of created. There was one of the seminars named Robert Powell, He's called the first great fire eater. His career was 86 years long, not his age. In the 1700s, he's the Betty White of fire eating is what he is. 86 years of fire eating, Ricky J wrote about him because he 
and others like him perform with people Ricky Jay admired. Wow. So I would get his book, and there were a few magicians, and like if I handed you Ricky Jay's book, you don't give a shit about any of the stuff I just talked about. But he's a good storyteller, and the people are interesting. So even reading about the magicians was fun for me, but I was really buying it because a learned pig act is a, a trained animal act, whether the pig is supposed to be able to read or do mathematics or read your mind. And what you're doing is subtle cues or training to the pig. Uh, pigs are very intelligent animals, right? Below lowland gorillas on intelligence scale. Okay. Uh, you've never had a dog as smart as a pig, but you've never had a dog as delicious as the problem. Now, do you, uh, eat, do you eat meat? Do what? Do, will you eat pig? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. being, being from, from uh, Louisiana, being a chef, it's, yeah. It's, you ever heard of Nutria rat? No, I have not. Have you? Is it good? Okay, so we've got Malort beef. So every culture has some little <laughs> shitty thing to fuck with tourists, right? In the Philippines, they have balut. Balut is a rotten duck egg buried in the ground until it ferments slightly, and they try and trick you into eating it and pretend they all eat it. We have Malort, which we pretend to drink. Yes, yeah, Demon semen. No one drinks that. But we foster on tourists. In New Orleans, so there were these South American river rats. Yes. Because they're more like a beaver when I say rat. They do look like an R-O-U-S from the Princess Bride. But they're as, most, as much a rat as a squirrel is, right? These big, beefy sons of bitches. And they come up from South America in the cocaine boats when these things were legal, and the banana boats. Okay. So now you have a large rodent that produces a huge family every time it has a litter of pups, right? Or kids, whatever they have. No natural predators. It's really high on cocaine and full of potassium. So this thing lands with a force. We also tried to breed them as a meat source, and the, the hurricanes would blow down the gates and release them into the swamps. By the 1960s and 70s, they're clogging our sewers because nothing's eating them. They're just dying and they're just piling up and they're costing us money now. Paul Perdon is the first celebrity chef. K. Paul's Kitchen puts them on the menu. There's never been a problem so large America can't eat its way out. Our lieutenant governor, soon to be ex-lieutenant governor, is trying the same thing with the Asian car. Let's put it on the menu, make it delicious, then you have a farming resource and capitalism can solve this problem. We tried it, but the nutrient rats, you know, about not just eating pig, but we will scavenge it. Nobody wants, we make crawfish interesting. These are water bugs, they're cockroaches. But we can trick you into eating them, they can brush it. Everything you said up until the eating part sounds like you were describing the neo-Nazis hanging out at the Foria bar. Sure, <laughs> sure. Full of cocaine and bananas, are they? No one wanted them. That's crazy. They just don't stop. They have no natural predators. Yeah. What are, your, what are your thoughts Google on neo-Nazis? I'm not a fan. Good call. I do have a scar on my, on my knuckle. That is from punching a Nazi in the teeth. Uh, right. I, was, I was from that era of punk rock where we would, well, it's also a troublemaker, we would seek them out. We what would your friends think of you now knowing that you have a tailor in Rogers Park? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'd be surprised. That's good. Uh, no, my parents were, my, my father's passed, but I actually do a piece where I, uh, Oh yeah, dad, I get it. <laughs> Uh, where I, I bring someone from the audience and put an apple in their mouth, I carve their initials with a chainsaw into the apple and send them home with a souvenir of the show. I've got pictures of my father on stage as our initials, we have the same name, being carved into the apple for him for Father's Day. That's nice. In front of 900 people. That's nice. So I'm sure your dad was awesome and supportive, but mine was just a little better. Uh, like he really was into that. He really liked the idea that I was on stage performing. Uh, and I think it just might be, you know, from where I'm from, there wasn't a lot of opportunity. So he said, well, you found something. You made something. It's wonderful. Go. Mm -hmm. My mother to this day is still just amazed at things I was doing at nine years old in the backyard. She's like, still on stage and a job and not homeless. She's thrilled. <laughs> That's a wonderful way to say goodbye to you because it's a wonderful sentiment and it makes people want to see your show. Maybe they yeah. can get that apple. Yeah. And uh, more importantly, it's a great segue for me to talk about not having a dad. <laughs> 
Do you think I would do a show like this if I had a supportive uh, parental structure growing up? The answer is no. Is that, is that the sad clown thing? Not at all. It's more like, uh, here's the three things that, I don't talk about this a lot, but there's three things in life that, that always make me like happy that I do this show. Uh, we've been the show for 10 years, and, and it, there's a lot of intangibles that come up, and, and a lot of times you want to quit, and you can't quit. Uh, you, you, just, you never give up, and here's why you never give up, because you're going to have three things. Hustle, loyalty, and respect. And I have those three things for you, Tom. Me and John Cena respect you, and we understand the hustle, and we will be loyal to your art form. And what you do is very cool, and I really appreciate your time being here. People can find out more about you where? Uh, freakshotel.com. Freakshotel.com. Did you ever have a problem thinking people thinking it would be a silver chair band tribute site? Uh, not yet. Okay, good. You know, they broke up like this a decade drops? ago. It'll be, uh, it broke up. Do you miss the band Silver Chair? I only know the one song. Which the song? song? There's a, no, there's like three that people. Are there really? There's a Pure Massacre. The one about the fat boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the that's chorus, the, the fat boy made till tomorrow. That's the one. Yeah, that's probably the one. Na, 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 yeah, and then yeah. the one people might know that's legitimately awful is the year two, anthem for the year 2000 which came out in the summer of 1999, which is a bad time to release a single about the year 2000 because that's instantly dated. <laughs> it's unlike David Bowie singing about the year 2000 or the future because it was the 70s and cocaine. But no, they were just sad Australian men. Nope, boys. 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 They were young, young boys. And you have no young boys in your show. No, <laughs> Because you are a professional. <laughs> I talked about a young boy earlier tonight. I heard a very funny story. It's pretty inappropriate to talk about. I did not reveal his name, though. No. I feel like I'm okay to do that. Name the site again, please. Uh, Freakshotel.com. Freakshotel.com. Tom Brinton spelled the best possible way. I appreciate you spending your time with us. Shake my hand, sir. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, please give Tom Brinton, everybody. He's a professional. He dresses like one. It's, it's, it's interesting because you're literally the second person ever to wear a suit on this show, besides me, in uh, Chicago. But when I do the show in, in, in Washington, D.C., half the people in the room have a suit on, and they're all very bad people. Oh, I was going to say you should have some sort of suit off. I would oh. lose. I would lose quite a bit. Uh, none of my she suits fit that well. I need a tailor. That's not a joke. Uh, tailoring actually sometimes costs more than the product that you bought. It doesn't make any sense. Whitney, how are you? I you look fantastic. I'm very happy this person is with us uh, here this evening. She's going to record an album at the Green Mill on December 19th. Those are wonderful dates, and that's a wonderful location. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Whitney Chetwood. Whitney, do whatever you want. Whatever you want. We bumped into each other. I noticed. How are you, Whitney? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I feel like I want to do, I mean, you want to stand up, but I feel do like I want to do, want. Like, like, sit down. That's why I said do whatever you want. Thank you. Because it gives you the odds. What agents? You know what? I appreciate you saying that the man in 2018, the straight white man, gave you agency. You nailed it. You know your you're role. You know your role. CAA? What kind of agency? Get out of here. Speaking of agencies, do you know who Dwayne The Rock Johnson is? Absolutely. Fantastic. So, <laughs> so can we talk about what we were talking about outside? We can talk about what we were talking about outside. What did your parents do? Uh, my parents both uh, had theaters when I was growing up. They had theaters when you were growing up where? Like movie or and, uh, play? Yeah, like musical. Oh, musical theaters in what musical theater hotbed? Uh, Peoria, Peoria, Illinois. When I think of musical theater, Peoria, Peoria, Illinois. Peoria, right? Is that really? Isn't that the same? It is the same, right? Yeah, does it play in Peoria? I wouldn't lie to you. That'd be a weird thing to lie about. I lie 
A lot. Really? Uh, oh, Last yeah. time you lied that you remember. So I'm not going to remember something I lied about during this show, because I don't believe I did. Sure. See it once. What do I, I lie about stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually just like, how's your blank? Sure. Or, you know what Any, I mean? Anytime the word how is in front of something, you know there's going to be a bit of a lie. I'd say more than half the time it's a blank lie to the parents. And usually it's it's the kind of thing where you're protecting somebody else, you don't want to make them feel bad. Right. How does my hair look? Great. You know, I never would ask how does my hair look, because right now I look very creepy. I look like a bad person. You think? I know I do. So before I came here, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, I thought I looked like a hockey player in 1987. Okay, sure, sure. No. Like a Gretzky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm on, like, the third line of the Calgary Flames. But now, I looked in the mirror, and I was like, I just look like I'm on the verge of, like, uh, an addiction. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like homeless. You're, you're knocking on the door. Yeah. It's you're like, like, could I have a little more? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I could keep this up for a few more years, days, minutes. You know what I mean? Do you think that your beard is bigger than you than it actually is? So, my beard is at a point where I could feel it go over my lip. Oh. That's just, that's, you just... I know I could trim it. I refuse to do that. Do you and know spirit oil? Uh, occasionally, but not for this one. What uh, does that do? I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, it shines it. I'm so it sorry. shines it, and if you need to, you could comb it. Okay, with the beard oil. Yes, it, does, it, it makes it. Is back. it itchy? Not at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's more of this back that's like flip of hair in the back. That's just like hair. I've got a bit of a flip of hair. Yes, it I looks intentional. Does it? Yes, because you've been clearly fashioned the side very I know. recently. I know. When is the last time you shaved the side of your head? Um, I shaved the side of my head maybe three weeks ago. Exactly. Probably. You know, I got this haircut, and my mom, uh, my mom was like, "Why did you do that? It's so unattractive." Oh, fantastic. Like, well, great. I'm, well, now I can't fuck you. I That's guess. what I was going to ask. Because you might want to fuck you. I, I thought this whole time it was because I was her child, but it turns out it's the hair. Mm-hmm. That's why. How often does your mom want to bang you? So, how you're <laughs> excited you're going to record the album at the Legendary Greenville. Yeah, I'm so jazzed. Speaking of jazz, um, I really hope someone listens to your record thinking it's a jazz record. Oh, me too. It's good. Me too. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I can say like in the email. Yeah, we don't know, but God, I wish. But you this... will be. So yeah, what's yeah. the right? Line? It's like all the press can say green metal, but like if it says on the, you know, we have to talk you, to Dave. If anyone knows Dave, will you correct anyone if they if they say it's a jazz album? No, right? Let's get up and did it, did it, did it, jazz album. As yes. far as I can tell. Do you like the art form jazz? Are you asking the person who's asking me if they like? Am I saying, do you like jazz? You'll love my album. Sure, I wasn't going there, but that makes sense. I do. I do like jazz. My actual. So I. Whatever. I had a really hard winter. One winter, I lived. I I listened to this album uh, by this jazz singer named Kurt Elling, and it was recorded at the Green Mill. So there's like this gross uh, kind of thing. That's nice. That's like legitimately nice. It is. I'm super like stoked on it. Are you just going to go up and like riff for an hour? Oh yeah, nothing planned. Like, cool, cool, cool. I'm just a complete, like, just oh, all work? crowd work. <laughs> Who did that? Todd Barry? Todd Barry, Todd Barry, yeah. Barry, Todd Barry does crowd work. How much more will you be drinking? Just all of the green milk. Right, I'm taking the bottle up there with me. Oh. Every nice. time there's a laugh, I'm going to drink. Oh, so if God. the drunker you want me, the I more I actually really drink. like that idea for a record. Every time I get a laugh, I'm doing a shot. Right. And they try to murder you. <laughs> See, but the Malort just sounds even more painful. Right, just chewing on it. Malort's the only liquid that tastes like a solid. I'm convinced. Yeah, it's just like like drinking Tums. It's awful. Do you worry about substance abuse? Uh, I do a bit. I'm pretty nuts about cigarettes. Um, And I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't laugh at me. I don't like it. Um, But I definitely have a tendency towards 
that, I think, but I don't know how much, to be honest. Have you thought to vape? I haven't ventured into the vaping land, although my best friend, or one of my good friends, has a jewel, and mm -hmm. we call it her computer cigarette, and I don't trust it. I'm sure they're listening to her, as she sucks <laughs> in the vaporize. Here, can we all agree, though, that like you look like a fucking nerd when you're doing that? Oh, come on. All right, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. vaping? No, yeah. Okay. It's terrible. And people who do it indoors. Is there, or like someone who like takes a vape pit and then turns away and blows it, but then it all comes back at you. So what was the point? And also when they're giant, when it's the giant well, the fucking thing. Huh, a rig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a rig. That's and they, it's like. a huge cloud and they make designs. It's too much. It's too much. But, but the people I know that do it are actually good people. I feel horrible saying that thing. That being said, like I know one of my best friends has a man bun. Like he has Yeah, but a do man they bun. do it on the side? No. You know what I mean? Like they're not just like, hello, I vape. No, they're like they're former smokers. They're former smokers that now vape. Yeah, yeah, and they just, they, they kind of on the thing, they... Okay. Yeah, they're not like, check this cool thing out. Yeah, like, blow it into your jacket kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't to get into it. I, I don't know, uh, to be honest, I don't know how I feel apart from, like, chemical things. I don't, I feel like... This is maybe gonna get me... I don't, I don't know that I, that I, I don't know that I think of addiction beyond chemical to, oh, interesting. to exist, and okay. so it bothers me when I find myself like relying on something because I don't think of myself to have a quote addictive personality. So could you give me an example? Uh, drinking, for sure. Okay, so you feel like you can never be addicted to drinking. You can't be I feel like I, there can be like a leaning on it, like a social sure. desire, like feeling of necessity. But you're not worried about that. I'm not. Good. No, because I feel like I, because I, I can stop at any time. Let's go into it. Uh, how often do you drink? Um, Never did. are you my doctor? Uh, this, this is also the sign of someone with a problem. Why are you guys? Yeah, really quick, have you ever been to a doctor where they give a shit about how often you actually do anything? No, God. Okay, good. Are you kidding me? Uh, so I appreciate your actual Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I would say I drink, well, it, I'll usually have a drink before a show. Okay. Uh, so that depends on how often and you perform. And you're a comic, so it's daily. Yeah, I would say maybe one a day. Okay. Just one a day. Yeah, just one a day. Everything's fun. Yeah, actually, at that point, that is everything is fun. Right. If, you, if it was red wine, someone would say it was the healthy. Do you think you'd be a better comic if it was more than one a day? Um, I think that I would think I was. But then I think the result would be. Then well, I mean, it's cool. not just, this is all, much of this is masturbation, but not all of it. You know, some of it needs to be for... I make some points. Come on, you're the actor. I make some points. At least two. I don't know, man. One and a half, I guess. At a certain point, you're just like, yeah, this is, this is killing me, but like, I'm dying the best way. You know what I mean? I'm dying by choice. Yeah, I'm on that point. I'm like, should I be doing this anymore? I don't know. Yeah, no, I've definitely hit that wall before. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely been in that circumstance where I was like, this is, now it's time to be done with this yeah. thing that I've loved doing. Yeah, I don't know, what's the last time? I don't ride horses anymore either. Did you really ride horses? Yeah, I used to ride horses. Like, is that why your mom so upset with your haircut? Yeah, they're, they're like, it should be longer! I'm trying to be a horse, half of it. Um, the pants and the boots, or? I know, so I, I'm very pantsy and bootsy. And no, 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 but you know, like the, the tight pants and then those long boots. Oh, sure. And then you wear those hats. You don't tuck, yeah, you don't, you hold don't on, tuck hold your on. pants into your boots. But. You, like, rode horses regularly? Yeah, so my, my grandfather, uh, he... Oh, you got a granddad, sorry. I know, I'm sorry to brag. There's so many, this is, the, the patriarchy is staggering <laughs> in my life. And, um, 
he had uh, he had Percherons, which are like big Clydesdales, but they're black and don't have fancy foot fringe. And so he had those, and he like would train them and all of that. There was a while where we were showing horses, and I'd just seen the movie The Horse Whisperer, and I was convinced that I was a horse whisperer. And when he doing that movie, like he looks into the horse's eyes, and then the horse gets it. We went to it. We went to like uh, this, the Illinois State Fair, I think, to show a horse, and we were staying overnight in like the stables. And I was like, I'm a horse whisperer. I was walking down the stables, just staring into so many horses' eyes. And the other people who own the horses had to be like, Why is this child trying to fuck my horse? Or like flirting with my horse. My God. But that's been my. I never, never a horse. You never. By the way, I never fucked a horse. All those fucking horse eyes, crazy, right? Horse eyes, huge. Yeah. And then like, Thank you. The, they have good eyelashes though. Yes. Uh, best eyelashes in the livestock business. Uh, gotta go to cows. Definitely to cows. Mm. Horses are a second on the island. Do you eat? Do you eat beef? I don't. Okay, because you are a. I'm a vegan. <laughs> vegan. Yeah, because I like to uh, be hungry. You're vegan. How long have you been a vegan? Um, I've been. This is so annoying. I've been a vegetarian for like four years, and then I've been a vegan for a year. You know, when people are proud of things, they usually off what they're saying. Right, I don't know that I necessarily, I mean, it's a challenging thing because I, it's just like, I dig animals and so I don't want to eat them. Oh, I guess. it's like the best reason not to do it. Yeah, also, well, why did like, you go, why, because you were vegetarian, but then you went vegan. Yeah, because it's a pretty, it's a pretty small step, I mean. Oh, okay. And then also, I, I'm, with, I'm with someone who is vegan too. Yeah, that makes so that easier. We live that together, that and it's just like a really simple. On a scale of one to ten, ten being like Five. fourth meal, and one being like completely satiated, uh, where are you in the scale of uh, hungry? Today, well, I haven't eaten yet today. Actually. Are you serious? Well, I've been like working all day on the thing, so I didn't eat. Um, but I'm gonna eat after this. And what are you gonna eat? Um, just beef. So. <laughs> What's the best cuisine in Chicago for vegans? Not what you make at home, but like in terms of restaurants. I love a Chicago diner uh, oh, okay. wing. They have really good like yeah. finger food. Where do you live? I live in uh, Andersonville. Okay. Why are you loving it then? Because of course I do. You, people can't see me, but no, they can. Well, we've already described half of your haircut. Yep. Yeah. You're recording now, not too far from home. Are you going to watch your album recording? Yeah, I think Are you so. going to listen to music on the way? Probably. What are you going to listen to? Uh, I'm really into Maggie Rogers' Falling Water right now, which is sad, I guess, but she's pretty great. She's pretty... That's pretty, good. That's good. Yeah, I don't know who heard her, but I'm so glad they did. What do you think about Green Day and the album Dookie? I don't... We, I don't... I, my, my friend Carly's here, and we don't... I, I don't actually know, like, Green... I don't know... Okay, so the pop punk I know... You were too busy looking into Horse's Eyes to know who Green Horses Day is. Horse's Eyes and Angela Weber, and I can tell you all about Sondheim and Steven Schwartz. Bright Eyes is? I... Of them. Oh, I thought you'd be, like, a huge Bright Eyes mark. No, I... I was in, like, uh, Simple Plan and, like, MXPX. And you don't know Green Day? Yeah. I know Green Day. I know... I know objectively who they are, and I know some of their... I don't know, like, their discography. What was on Duke? What was the Dookie record? What was on uh, that? What was... When I Come Around? Sure. Do you have the time? What's that one? Basket case? Basket yes. Case. That was on Dookie? Yes, yeah. that was on Dookie. Okay. The song okay. She. Okay. Was on what Dookie. about the masturbating? Sure, what Green Day That's true. So I liked like you until you said you legitimately like the music of Simple Plan and MXPX. I don't like that as a child, as a little tiny aggressive inline skater. What did you listen to? An inline really? skater? Really? Hold on. I wasn't in a Christian. Hold on, really quick. How much do I have to pay you to rollerblade to your album recording? Uh, 
absolutely nothing because they're in my truck. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Let's go play it, bro. You want to skate? Hell yeah, I'll skate. I think it was sick. I think it was sick porn star guy. Sweet. Uh, just how? a little tip. Oh, wait, go. I'm well, sorry. I was going to say, how difficult is it to roller skate under the cities of Chicago just because of all the rocks? Well, hold on. There's a difference between rollerblade and roller skating. Sure. Well, yeah. either one. They're very different. Roller all the tiny rocks on the ground. Roller, yeah. Uh, rollerblade. I rollerbladed uh, two prides ago. I was at my friend, a friend's place who lives in Boys Town, which is where the pride parade goes through in Chicago. And I parked far away because I knew I'm not going to be able to park near it. And then I brought my rollerblades and I rollerbladed to my car. How long did it take you to get there? Fifteen minutes. Maybe. Could I ask a question? And I know it's going to sound bigoted, but I actually think it's a fantastic question. Well. <laughs> Your show. <laughs> Straight white man in 2018. I'm always right. Is that the gayest thing you could have possibly done? Is rollerblading to your pride parade party? Uh, because you were sensible about parking? Right. I was rollerblading away from the pride parade to meet up with the person I was seeing, and I was the third in a polyamorous relationship. Uh, and I still sometimes watch her dog. And what uh, is that? And what two neighborhoods are you coming to and from? I was coming from Boys Town Acres. There we go. There we go. I think we've checked every box. That's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty fancy. I noticed! <laughs> oh, man, what kind of skates you got? Um, I have uh, Solomon Vinny Minton Pros that have a, uh, it's a Ki- I think it's a Kaiser frame on them. So do you have hockey wheels or do you have uh, skate like jump, like trick wheels? Uh, like trick, yeah. Trick oh, wheels. really? Yeah, yeah, So you're not in it for the distance, you're in it for the sweet grinds. No, I am, I'm in everything for the sweet grinds. Oh. That's why That's why I'm into coffee. That's why I'm into <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why we're different, man. I'm in it to check motherfuckers. Right, for I'm sure. In, I'm in it for speed. Right, you got a need for speed. Now, you walk. You say you walk your ex's dog. Um, I do, I like, sometimes the dog stays with me. Do you like to have the dog because you'll occasionally let the dog pull you on your skates? Because that's like the best part about walking. Do you want to know what the funniest part about all this is? The dog is a husky. Oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> so, distance. Have you covered so much ground? That's so cool. That's but so I, cool. I mean, I sincerely haven't thought about that because actually she's a really good dog, and so I think it would be hard to get her to go. Now I want to ask a very bigoted question. What is wrong with you? You have a husky and rollerblades, and you're not putting the two uh, together. God, I, I needed to hitch up a red flyer. Oh, come on. Have... Get her to harness. It's going to love you. Again, gay. Just <laughs> <laughs> Man. Now I just really want to get a dog and roll. Um, the Admiral, not to say, the Admiral is full nude. Um, oh, it is full nude. But I know this because I went to see Stormy Daniels perform. Oh! Oh, I thought they had to cover up their bits and bottles. No, they don't. They don't serve alcohol. Oh. So they can be uh, as. So you've been to a strip club? Yes. It was an only to see Stormy. It. Oh no, I've been to. Okay. Ones. Which I'm not good at strip club. People like to take me to strip clubs because they think I'm fun because I get very excited. Mm-hmm. Like in a way, like oh, great trick. Like I think it's very neat. Yeah, you're and a performer. I, like, want to clap for them? Sure. Um, but and you I, know what those performers love? Applause. <laughs> so that's what they're in for. Okay, so which strip clubs have you been to? Um, what ones have I? Well, there was one. So there, uh, Peoria, where I'm from, there's a there's a club, there's a comedy club there that I work a fair amount, and there's a place next to it called the Pulse, 
Okay. That's a that's a that's a strip club. Uh, if you couldn't tell by the name. And actually, in Peoria, a friend of mine owns the like biggest strip club in Peoria called uh, Big Al's. There's a lot of strip club promo that really love it. The show. Big Al's in Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. And Pulse for your smaller strip club experience. In Peoria. Right. If you want a more intimate, like, yeah. if you want a cabaret space. I get that. Yeah. For yeah. sure. If you want to be up close and personal with the performers. Yeah. The empty bottle versus the metro of strip clubs. Right. Completely. <laughs> done. Just depends on your taste. Yeah. 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 No pun. And I. She is, uh, she's also a gay a gay, a gay lady, a gay lady. The lady who runs Big Al's. Who runs Big Al's is a gay lady. And then there's also a dyke bar in Peoria, which is awesome. It's not necessarily a dyke bar, but it's called Blondie's, and there's like one of those... Do they sell desserts? They sell blondies? Sorry, go ahead. No. <laughs> no. Um, they do, but they're all vegan. And, uh, there's like... This is, hopefully no one will listen to this, because it's very so insider information, I'm sorry. You're not no insider. There's like a rat, it's a very Jetson Sharks of the woman who owns Blondies and the woman who owns Big Al's. Never the twin show. <laughs> Why? So like we go, we gotta make a choice. You have to pick, and I would say, I don't know who I would pick. So Pulse is like the neutral territory. Pulse, Pulse is Pulse is the Sweden. Yeah, Sweden. Of strip clubs in Peoria. For sure. But this is like when you have to go to Philly and you have to choose between those two steak places. Well, I was going to go Israel and Palestine, but you went to Philly oh. cheesesteaks. So Which is more contentious, that is a real question. I mean, there are high stakes. Oh. Did you know Gritty is? Gritty? Oh, yeah. Well, only because of uh, the internet. Right. Yeah. Well, Gritty has solved all of Philadelphia's problems. So there is Ooh, no longer... Ooh, they should get a Gritty for the strip club. We need a Gritty for the strip club. We need a uh, Gritty strip club. A Gritty strip club. A, gritty no, strip. a stripping Gritty. Also, Honey Bucket should be their name. <laughs> Whatever it is, <laughs> it should be Honey Bucket. I'm legitimately afraid to visit Alaska more than any other state in the United That's States. the only one I've never been to. There's no reason It's Alaska. The plumbing, it's just not for me. Mm. Wait, are you, you've never been, but you knew, knew about, you heard tell of the plumbing? So there's two shows I love. Number one, Night Show at 4 I'm on the, the shopping network. Of course. Number, I own three minutes, number two is- One of them is engraved. Uh, is it really? Yeah. What does it say? It says, for my love, comma, the my <laughs> That's really great. I know. We live in Andersonville. Huh? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never use it to kill an animal. I won't, no. I only use all 40 of my knives only to kill animals. Do you, do you, you throw them? <laughs> you know, I've never killed a thing. Should I kill a bird? Don't get into it. It's not a what? good game. I don't imagine it's a fun game. Uh, I killed a bird once because I had a baby gun. And uh, you have to. Uh, no, I was like just kind of shooting and then I was like, there's a bird, I should get it. And I did it and then I cried for hours. Isn't that like the entire premise of the, like, what's that? Oh, and, 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 I think the premise of the first yeah. season. It's like is he, OB shot a thing and now he's sad. It's like, well, now you gotta live with that sadness. It's like an eight episode arc. Yeah, it's like the whole premise <laughs> of that show. Don't be a dick and kill things. Fair. Anyways. I am nothing if not OB. <laughs> too iconic. Oh, OB and Anthony, you're okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Well, is that the one that uh, is racist, or is it both of them? Just say yes, it's all shocked. <laughs> she worked in a fuck. No. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, yeah. um. I lost my train of thought. You were talking about killing things? Yes, never did it. Uh, oh, number two. There was a show on Destination America about buying property in Alaska. Why? And it was amazing, and I've seen every episode, and every show is shocking, because it's like, 
This is a rural cabin with no plumbing. It costs three hundred thousand dollars. This is a show that costs four hundred. This is a uh, cabin with one bedroom. It's four hundred thousand dollars, and there's one toilet in the living room with a curtain. No, I can't. I need the toilets. One I need toilets and plumbing. Buying Alaska. No. Buying Alaska. Watch buying. That's painted every picture. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to go to Alaska. You're arguing me out of Alaska, which I never signed up for. It's super <laughs> fascinating. Like I'm just, I really want to learn more. It's like Russia. Like I have no desire to go uh, to Russia, sure. but I want to know everything about Russia. Sure. You know what I mean? Stormy Daniels was great. I believe. Speaking of Russia. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that's going to shake up. No, we'll find out. Yeah. I hope she. He went to prison, right? Avenatti? Who? No, not yet. Oh, Uh, but he got charged? Maybe. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, Yeah. If I want, I'm going to end this show. Okay. You have a recording on December 19th, the most important day of the year. December 19th at the Green Bell. In out of town, six thirty. Is your album cover going to be what you're using as your Facebook profile picture? Not Facebook. Sorry, your cover. Pretty cute, right? No, actually, my my friend uh, Sarah Larson, who's an amazing photographer, is doing all the photography. Or we might do some illustration. I don't know. We're seeing. It's you know. Well, talks with the. If you end up using it, I think that'd be great. It looks really cool. And she took that. She's incredible. She's an amazing photographer. It looks really good. Um, I don't mean that like in a pandering way. I just think it's a really good. No, thank you. Uh, the only other way to make it better would just be uh, maybe like a Google map of you rollerblading, like a, like a direct route from your place in Andersonville to Uptown, and, but like with rollerblades. Mm-hmm. I don't know do you wear padding? Like knee pads? Do, when I roll, no. Uh, She's I, a fucking pro, fuck off, man. What the fuck? I don't. Your helmet? I don't. Oh. I, How are you going to show off that do? Yeah, I got that. safe. Up. That's true. Safety would be better. If you were going to be safe, you would be rollerblading in Chicago. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Badass. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah, yeah, dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not telling you how to live your life, but here's me telling you how to live your life. Please start a rollerblades only comedy night where all the performers have to wear rollerblades. Oh, shh. Uh, I don't care if it's outdoors, I don't care if it's indoors. I don't indoors. know who books the room, but... So I uh, think, uh, oh, I that's not going to happen. Solid. <laughs> I think uh, that would be a very fun thing, and I think it'd be really great. It would uh, be really fun. If some of the performers did not know how to skate, and, uh, but you have... You should do it in a roller ring. No, I think it's funnier if it's just, okay. like, at a pizza <laughs> place or something. <laughs> I would want, like, things where you guys could grind. Yeah, you could treat it. You need some tricks. Oh, I some shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my God, it's a competition yeah, show. it's a competition show. You get points for uh, like sweet laughs, but then also sick grinds. You just named the show Sweet Laughs and Sick Grinds. Start in here, folks. Oh, with Whitney. Oh, God, that'd be fun. This is so fun. Can you do There's one up on like Wilson and Montrose. There's one on skateboards. Yeah. You can do a comedy show there. Oh, yeah. God. Over at Logan Square. You know what you know teenage skateboarders love? Stand up comedy. Sure do. That's my oh. demo, for sure. <laughs> Material sinks oh, with that. Oh my god, what a good idea. It's probably because I had it in this 2018. You can so. have it. It's pretty good. <laughs> so well. Uh, and in the words of the great John Cena, my time is now. Um, and I hope that John Cena blesses your special because you have the three things that uh, are really important when it comes to stand up, joke telling, and mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing, they're intangibles, and, and they're kind of the things that you have to work on a lot, and, and they're the kind of things that, like, not everyone remembers, you know? Right. And you can never give up when you think about these things. Can <laughs> <laughs> I have three of them? Right. And some people have two, and everyone has one. Everyone has at least one. But without all three, it's like, what are you doing? What are you even doing? 
And I think you have all three. It's the highest compliment I could have. It's pretty great. Wait, they are? Can I try and name them? I would love. I would love it. I would love it. Um, if you could say the three most important things. When it comes to stand-up comedy, more importantly, life itself. Hustle. That's right, you gotta have hustle. Because without hustle, it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't half-ass, you gotta hustle. Loyalty. Because if you're not loyal, it's like, you're alone in the world. And if you don't have each other, we have no one. Hustle. Love. Loyalty. When is love is art? nice, but like you don't really need love, and appreciation is like whatever. Is it an R? Does it start with an R? It does start with an R. Respect. And it is respect. R E S. Yeah. I'm trying to think of those those things that women uh, stencil on their walls. They women their stencil eyes. on their walls. Three <laughs> love, love, and hustle. hustle, loyalty, respect. <laughs> and Whitney, you got all three. Thank you. You too. And if there's one thing I want to say to you, is wrap up you. Your time is up. My time is now. Wrap up you!